Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, where to start today? Come on, man. Oh, the disinformation board. Grand yeah. opening, grand, grand closing. Yeah, we finally found something that didn't last as long as uh, CNN Plus. Yeah, how about that, huh? <laughs> wow, <laughs> so this the, is something. The Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, the Ministry of Truth, is on hold now because of the backlash. Uh, which, I mean, congratulations, guys. Miss, mission accomplished. I mean, again, it's on pause technically, we're told. Uh, so this was announced on April 27th. Uh, DHS made the call to kill it on Monday, but yesterday apparently they said they were just pressing pause pending a review of, I guess it would be the, the lawyers at DHS. Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, a lot of the controversy centered around Nina Jankowicz, who was supposed to head up this board. This is the lady who was in the Harry Potter rock band, you know, singing about what uh, being a ghost, fantasizing about sleeping with a, with dead children. And yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, that happened. That's true. The thing that's really funny is looking at the coverage from The Washington Post. Taylor Lorenz, the lady who was crying about people being mean to her on Twitter while she was harassing the friends and family of the lady behind the libs of TikTok Twitter account, right? She's doxing mm-hmm. people and then crying about how people have a problem right. with it. <laughs> uh, now, she framed it as this. How the Biden administration let right-wing attacks derail its disinformation efforts. It was... There was nothing in the article about how Nina Jankowicz herself fell prey to and spread disinformation. Nothing about her making objectively false statements and spreading it as if those statements were true. But it's how she's a victim. Because, as she writes, Jankowicz's experience is... A prime example of how the right-wing Internet apparatus operates, where far-right influencers <laughs> attempt to identify a target, present a narrative, and then repeat mischaracterizations across social media and websites with the aim of discrediting and attacking anyone who seeks to challenge them. It also shows what happens when institutions, when confronted with these attacks, don't respond effectively. Okay. So in review, uh, they come out. With this disinformation board, I mean, it was not just conservative people or independents. You had people on the left saying, this is crazy. This is 1984. Yeah. Where is this country going? And now they're trying to say, well, how could you just let these crazy right wingers? I mean, this 
Nina Jankowicz, she she was the perfect person for the job. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little yeah, lie. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine. Oh, when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. Let's Ooh. find the biggest nut job on our side to be the person for that job. Hang on, I'm opening the door of the oven to put my head in. <laughs> And it's no wonder Jen Psaki is no longer the White House press secretary. Remember, she's the one that had to go out with the talking points. Well, who would object to a ministry of truth? Who would, who would object to such a thing? How can, can you assuage concerns of people who are looking at this person who's been appointed to this position and wondering if she's going to be able to accurately judge misinformation uh-huh. now that a lot of that reporting has been uh, proven to be factual in some ways. Right. Well, I don't have any comments on the laptop, but what I can tell you is that it sounds like the objective of the board is to prevent disinformation and misinformation from traveling around the country in a range of communities. I'm not sure who opposes that effort. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the American people, because they see through it. Yeah. Blame the conservatives (laughs) for sharing your TikTok videos. You dope. Uh, you brought up CNN Plus. I remember Brian Stelter was calling this whole thing. Well, it's just a Fox story, calling right. this a ministry of truth. These hacks, just proven wrong again and again and again. Yesterday, something remarkable happened, and none of the networks covered it. You're not going to find this. Like no. ABC, NBC, CBS, this is a big deal because the country got taken for a ride for years yeah so the investigation into how the fbi helped fabricate the trump russia conspiracy theory that dominated politics for years that investigation rolls along and we just learned some interesting information as part of some as part of a court case connected to a former operative of the clinton campaign that gets really deep in the weeds but here's the the top line information that you need One of the key components of the conspiracy theory was that Trump had a secret connection to the Russians through Alpha Bank. Backdoor connection. But an FBI agent testifying yesterday says, yeah, it took us less than a day to determine that that was bogus. There was no Trump-Russia Alpha Bank connection. It took a day. (laughs) We knew it was a load of crap. Yes. But but that connection was used by the FBI, was used by people working within the Justice Department, working within the Democratic Party, working within the Clinton campaign, and then the media at large to try to take down a president for years. The FBI didn't correct the record while all of this was going down. Yes. And, I mean, yeah, it, again, it goes deep in the weeds. It's Hillary's lawyer, and he's in a lot of trouble. At least it appears that way to me. Who is on trial for this? Yeah, yeah, that's that's Sussman. Who? Yeah, uh, he's on trial for lying to the FBI about working with the Clinton campaign when he was laundering this disinformation yes. to the federal authorities. But I'm sure, I'm sure Hillary didn't know anything about it. No, you kidding me? So that was out there, totally ignored. Meanwhile. What are we hearing about? All these crazy right-wingers and this replacement theory, and it's tearing America apart. It's all their fault, the right-wingers. And it's the Tucker Carlsons of the world that are driving maniacs, these racist white supremacists, to go and shoot black people. Tucker's fault. Yeah. 
These a, people are insane. They are. You've heard a lot of talk about the great replacement theory because the white supremacist terrorist in Buffalo talked about it and used that as a justification for wanting to kill black people. Uh, so you got a lot of liberals, most of the media, blaming Tucker Carlson, who talks about how Democrats use illegal immigration to get power. And as you pointed out yesterday, Jamie, here's the thing. The issue of illegal immigration has nothing to do with race relations between whites and blacks. These are two separate issues altogether. Absolutely. And what this neck-bearded freak in Buffalo was talking about was this idea of, like, there's a white genocide going on, and oh, everything is designed to kill all these white people so black people can take over. It is a different thing fundamentally. It is, though, a fact that Democrats use illegal immigration to get power. I brought this up yesterday, but I just want to demonstrate this as a fact. Remember in 2019 and 2020, President Trump wanted to exclude illegal immigrants in the census count, and liberals freaked out about it because the census determines how much money a congressional representation a state gets. So if you're a state like California, which openly invites illegal immigration, you're not going to be able to use those immigrants to wield political power in the future. Right. And here's a montage of the news coverage and the Democrats' responses to Donald Trump at the time, which is admitting they use illegal immigrants for power and money. That's the game. All right. Thank you for putting this together, by the way. President Trump's plan to exclude non-citizens from the U.S. Census. Which, if successful, could limit the political power of some Democratic-leaning states. States like New York and California could have their number of representatives in Congress reduced. They could lose seats in Congress. This heartless order will only deprive already underfunded communities across America of much-needed federal resources. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so rich? Mm Mm-hmm. Race baiting Chuck Schumer. Yep. Golly. For every person who doesn't respond to the census, we lose around a thousand dollars. Counting you, make sure that we are apportioning representation. New York has suffered so much in this pandemic, and we need our share of funding, and we need representatives to fight for us to get that funding. They admit it. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not this like, oh, we're bringing in all these brown people to replace mm-hmm. white people. No, they want illegal immigrants in their communities in order to beef up their the stats, essentially. So they get more money and more representation in Congress. Right. <laughs> I did not read the whole manifesto from uh, this evil person. Okay, I don't remember hearing much hatred toward Hispanics. Maybe it's in there. It was mostly blacks. Blacks and, you know and, what? and Jews. And that's the most underreported part. Um, from a news story that I was reading yesterday, because most people are not going to read through this crazy manifesto, you're going to get news reports on it. Um, but it was easy to tell that, yeah, he was a Jew hater for sure, calling for Gentile Americans to declare war on American Jews. In his own words, this is what this sicko said. The real war I'm advocating for is the Gentiles versus the Jews. We outnumber them a hundred times, and they are not strong by themselves. By their Jewish ways, they turn us against each other. When you realize this, you will know that the Jews are the biggest problem the Western world has ever had. They must be called out and killed. Why in the world do you not see that everywhere? 
Oh, because there is an undercurrent of the Democratic Party that wouldn't put it in those explicitly of terms, but kind of agrees with the sentiment. Like the squad and what they're proposing right now as a bill, as far as Israel goes. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, the Palestine thing, yeah. So, I mean, again, man, you cannot count on legacy media to tell you the truth about a story. They're going to use it for their own ideological views. And it's freaking sickening, man. And more examples of that we'll get to a little bit later on. We brought up Hillary Clinton because it was her lawyer in that FBI case that we were talking about. Hillary Clinton also in the news. Um, Don't know if you know this, but Hulu has passed on the Rodham Project. (laughs) Hillary Rodham Clinton. Because Rodham is based on the novel which tells the story of an alternative uh, universe in which Hillary doesn't marry Bill Clinton, but instead serves as a Northwestern University professor before running for president in 2016. How do you like that? It's funny. When you sent this story this morning, yes, I was going through the stuff, and I noticed you sent it, and I swore that I thought it said Rodman. That Hulu would pass on <laughs> Hulu no. would pass on Rodman. I'm like, why would they do that? That would be fascinating. No, no, man. People would absolutely watch yeah. that. No one's watching fan fiction I, of Hillary I, Clinton. I, 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 right. I swear to you, I had to read it like three times. No, it's Rodham, not Rodman. Well, Dennis Rodman has done a lot of reality shows. Yes. Now, you put him and Hillary in a house together for a week just to talk about life. I got to tell you, I'm in for that one. Oh, yeah. I, I could stomach that. That would actually. <laughs> I, see, yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Well, maybe I couldn't watch it. I don't know. We'll see. Much more to get to. Uh, Dr. Oz, Trump approved. Does that mean he's going to win Pennsylvania? The Trump effect in general. We'll get to that and much more coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. <laughs> I, I yeah. know the abortion nuts are still screaming. That's why that, There's other stories out there that we got to get to. Uh, let's talk about Pennsylvania, David. Dr. Oz, Trump endorsed. Yeah, very, very much too close to call right now in his primary as the polls closed yesterday. Neck and neck with Dave McCormick, who's a hedge fund manager and what? He also worked in the George W. Bush administration. Uh, there were talks about him working within the Trump administration. I think he did actually briefly and then, and then was fired. Uh, as of right now, they're saying it looks like, uh, at best you'll be looking at, if you're a fan of Dr. Oz at least, or if you're Dr. Oz himself, at best you'd be looking at a recount. But I I don't know. From what I understand, what I was reading this morning, it looks like he's probably going to lose this. Wow. Wrong Dr. Oz. Hey, wrong Dr. Oz. Different. Okay. So not probably going to win, it doesn't look like. So what does that mean overall, do you think, David? Well, I think you had this uh, woman named Kathy Barnett at the last minute oh, coming man. in. Yeah. Sort of more MAGA than him. Because, yeah, Trump was endorsing him. And there was actually this 
this interesting in the last couple of weeks butting of heads between what apparently now I have never heard this term before, but it's being called by some establishment establishment MAGA versus true MAGA, and so you've got mm. so with Kathy Barnett who trails. I mean, she's not going to win this race, but it looks like she may have peeled off enough voters from Dr. Oz to make a huge difference in this race. So if you're keeping score at home, what that means is even though Trump endorsed Oz, yeah. he was establishment MAGA, yeah. while Kathy Barnett was true MAGA. Yeah. So it's not just a Trump endorsement. It is the idea of MAGA. Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, yes. I mean, it, it feels weird to put it in those terms, but yeah, that is that is the case. And and look, with Doctor Oz, the thing is, he's he's a liberal, has been That's forever. Problem. Yes, uh, and she is a Christian conservative. Yeah, and so she'll say things that others won't. As far as hey, this is what the Bible says, and that appeals to some voters. Mm-hmm. And you're right, I think it peeled some people off. I mean, you got but but if you look at the old Dr. Oz show, I mean, this guy was one of the first people on the bandwagon about giving puberty blockers to kids. Right. I mean, there's a lot yes. of stuff. I mean, he was an advocate for gun control until he makes this stupid video where he's pretending to skeet shoot and stuff like that. Right. Have you seen that? It's embarrassing. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, I think Dr. Oz will always hold a place in Scott's heart. Um more than anything else, because there was good news after you quit smoking, I think. You, what are you what, talking you don't remember? about? Maybe this was after you were in the hospital with your heart attacks, but yeah. it was this great. Well, they, th- he would do a question and answer part of thing in his show, and it was, does smoking make your, as a guy, <clears throat> smaller? And Dr. Oz had the answer. And it, 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 because you had to quit smoking after you got out of the hospital. Fact or fiction? It's fact. And why? Because you when smoke. you actually stop smoking, you have less of this toxic material going into your penis that hinders your ability to make nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is this very short-lived gas that actually allows the blood to engorge your penis. So when you smoke, you reduce the nitric oxide. It can't get as large. See? So it's the smoking that stopped. Okay. That's, yeah. I thought it was the vitamins. <laughs> you, anyway. you had to go up a pant size. <laughs> Let a little bit out there, will you? <laughs> Thank you. We have to get to this ad. There is a primary opponent of one of the squad members, Corey Bush, yeah. that the, put out an ad we have to get to. Yeah, th- this is just real quick if you want to get to it. It's a guy named Steve Roberts who put this out. Factor. No, that's Dr. Dr. Oz, Oz for crying out loud. Congresswoman Cori Bush, she claims to love you, but she's voting against President Biden on everything from fixing our roads and bridges to replacing lead pipes for cleaner drinking water. Congresswoman Cori Bush, sure, she claims to love you, but so did your ex. Oh! <laughs> Ow. Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Martin, the Jet Xer. That's David Van Camp, the Millennial, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so someone, an official, admits that trans kids are being used as science experiments. That, 
That's the gist of it, man. The head of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Lawrence Tabak, admitted that policymakers are basically using kids as science experiments for transgender ideology. Uh, He was testifying in front of a Senate committee, and Senator Marco Rubio asked if there were any long-term studies looking at the effects of hormone therapy and puberty blockers on children specifically. And again, I'm glad that Senator Rubio pointed this out repeatedly. These are not FDA-approved treatments. Even though the president of the United States saying this is the way to go. Right. As a parent, if you have a kid that has gender dysphoria. Right. It is It is non-FDA approved. It is pseudoscience. And we don't know what the long-term effects of this will actually be. Like when you're talking. We certainly know of horror stories. Right. When you're talking 20, 30, 40 years out with these kids who are undergoing this, we have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, and the short answer, again, we, we, uh, no, we don't know. But the NIH the head of the NIH says, we'll get back to you in about a decade, okay? Oh, my goodness. Um, And so it is important that we uh, examine and evaluate um, the the potential effects of these treatments. Um, Researchers are observing longer-term psychological impact of these protocols. Um, And so by, by looking at individuals um, transgender youth with and without histories of puberty suppression will be able to better answer the types of questions that you're posing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But you've got thousands of kids out, out there who are being experimented on right now. And we have to, we got to put a stop to this. This, this, is, this is child abuse very clearly. And if you got up on your high horse about somebody taking ivermectin for COVID, you should be outraged at what doctors are doing to children right now. And they're putting up clinics all over the country. It's it's a lucrative business. It's disgusting. It's freaking evil, man. Dude, wasn't it just within the last couple of weeks, and I can't remember who it was, but it was someone in the business that was speaking out against it that said for anyone that's had this surgery on the bottom part has not known a person yet that could experience an orgasm after this. That's right. That's crazy. The, these people are being promised, okay, once we do this surgery, you take the puberty blockers, you're going to be your full, quote, real self, whatever that is, and it's going to be like this utopia. Everything will be great once you get this done, and it doesn't happen. Case after case after case. That is, wow, man. That's one of the reasons we kind of do the show the way we do. Sometimes the other players on the show that don't have the audio hear it for the first time, and you're just blown right. away like yeah. you are listening to it right now. You're yep. like, oh, my gosh. Yep. you got to be kidding. You know, man, this is a good place to play this piece of audio. Scott, you had a story you were uh... looking at earlier today, and this is a mom pushing this gender ideology on her son. I'm going to guess this kid is between four and five. He, he, he certainly speaks eloquently for a child yep. of his age, but he's a child. He's a little boy. And this mother is pushing this gender ideology on him. He's got a pink tutu on when the video starts. And again, this is from Libs of TikTok, okay? Mm-hmm. From Libs of TikTok. What we've seen, and I think we continue to see, 
is parents pushing the ideology on their children. Oh, oh my course. gosh. Which yes. is horrible. It is. But this is a case in point. And again, this is a woman who did this, who taped it on her phone of her having this conversation with her son and then put it up on uh, the web for everybody to see. Like as a sense of like, pride. See, I'm right, doing exactly. my part exactly. as a parent. Exactly. And it's sickening. And anyway, listen to this. Here we go. Well, and David, anytime you want to stop, we'll stop the yeah, audio. Yeah, we can stop so, it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hold on. You love it. Talk about the tutu. And yeah. you want it, and you picked it out, but you don't. But you don't want it for school. Can you tell me why? Because last time I wore a dress to school, everybody called me a girl. Oh. Well, what did we learn from my shadow is pink? Which is a book about. Yes. The boy who wants to be a girl. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is part. Well, obviously, if you wear a dress to school, yeah, people are going to think you're, you're a girl. You're a boy. You wear a dress to school. Yeah. These are five-year-old kindergarten kids. Yeah. Right. Now, to the left, they'd say, well, all those kids need to be taught. Anyone can wear a dress. Right. It's not the way it works. Even when you wear a dress, you're not a girl. What makes a shirt for a boy or a girl? Nothing. So do you want this? You picked it out. I do want it. You want to wear it all the time at home, but not at school, right? Yeah. Tell me about that. I don't want to get made fun of. And that's what they always do when I wear pink stuff. Yeah. I wear it at home, but I don't want to wear it at school. They'll make fun of it. Aside from the, you know, yelling at him, almost berating him. You know, you prompt, wanted this to prompt the right, the quote unquote right exactly. answers uh-huh. right out of him. Yes. Why are you sharing this moment of your child? Your child is talking about being bullied because of what he wants to wear to school and you're sharing it to the world. Well, the reason is because it's about the parent and yeah. not oh, the course. kid. She's not acting on Woke the best mom. interest yep. of the kid. It's about her. So she can look good to her crazy friends. Exactly. And be a source of, I don't know, inspiration. To me, that's child abuse. It goes on. I'm sorry, but baby. not when I do it only on special occasions. What makes you like dresses so much? Okay. I just like dresses. Hmm. By the way, you ever worn a kilt? I haven't, but I've talked to dudes no. that has it. Man, it's pretty cool. It's refreshing. <laughs> Anyway, I don't want to get off topic. It goes back to the conversation. Do you think bright, pretty colors and dresses and sequins and jewels and golds, all the things that you always want to wear, Mm -hmm. do you think that's your innermost you? Mm -hmm. David, you look sick to your stomach. No, you're witnessing child abuse, man. Absolutely. That's what it is. Who talks to their five-year-old like that? No, that's that's like... Do you think this is your innermost you? You're... You're getting into, like, Norman Bates' mom territory. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the clinical psychologist, author, Jordan Peterson's talked about having counseled people for years and years and talked with all different types of people. Like, with men, you'll have, you know, kids that are masculine boys from youth and others that have more feminine qualities to their personality or their interests, but it doesn't make them any less a man. Right. And there is this movement to erase those people and convince them that they should be girls. That's freaking crazy. I mean, this thing goes on, man. It's... uh, It is. Well, how are you going to be your innermost you when we live in a place that people think clothing belongs to particular gender? 
You're going to have to stand up. Yeah. Fight for your rights. They think they're being oh, open-minded and tolerant and yeah, all that. And, I don't, you know. don't want to hear any more of that. Yeah, we need to move on. That's It's just depressing. But, I mean, that that's obviously child abuse to so many yeah. sane people in the country. Meanwhile, uh, Californians are moving to Portugal. Who's not happy about that, by the way, David? The Portuguese. Oh. Uh, yeah, this was actually in the L.A. Times. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> it's called Welcome to Portugal, the new expat haven. Californians, please go home. Uh, the number of Americans living in Portugal has risen by 45% in the past year. Many of those Americans moving from California to escape high housing costs, pandemic lockdowns, and quote-unquote Trumpian politics. Sure, that's what they say, but they're escaping Democrats, okay? We all know that. <laughs> they want to say it's about, oh, it's about January 6th and I just couldn't do it. You live in Los Angeles. Please, give me a break. <laughs> anyway, uh, but the uh, resentment of newcomers is growing in Portugal as California expats have become the root of questions over gentrification, income disparities, and immigration. Now, you know, I, I know that people in in Portland, for example, have a lot of questions about Californians coming in and buying houses way mm-hmm. above their value for cash, edging out everybody else. You know, and or, uh, Portland's not the only place that that this has happened. I mean, it's happened in Austin, it's happened in San Antonio, it's happened in Dallas, Houston, Florida. All of these places that are like that are apparently you know the devil these terrible red states that Californians are flocking to in droves, <laughs> but they are driving up the the house or the cost of of living. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, well, wasn't it you, David, who said they should have to stay somewhere? They should have to stay there for five years before they. That was vote? Jamie. Jamie. Okay, I knew it was one of you two guys. Oh, if we're going to split up the country. Yeah, if we're going to split up the country, you got to you got to stay there for five years before you're allowed to vote. You can pick. Is it going to be the red right. states of America or the blue states of America? But if you happen to pick blue, sorry, that's that's five years. Yeah. You just got to live with it. Live with your choice. Sorry. Speaking of people moving to well, red states in Texas, that certainly happened a lot with people from California. There was a two-year-old in South Texas that got a hold of his phone or his mom's phone. Yeah. And what happened? What did he do? Oh, well, he, he opened up DoorDash and wound up ordering 31 cheeseburgers <laughs> from McDonald's. <laughs> yes. The greatest thing, and this is a visual, but if you find the story, it, it is so great because the mom posts on Facebook, this little kid, he's two, he's sitting on a table out on the front porch, and he's got a stack of McDonald's cheeseburgers to his right, and he's happily chowing down on one. That little dude is a guy who knows he just racked up a major W. So what the mom did was she wound up saying, oh, well, apparently I need to hide the DoorDash app on my phone. <laughs> and if anyone wants a cheeseburger, come on by. That's pretty funny. Well, maybe that's just his truth, that he needs 31 <laughs> cheeseburgers per day. Okay, and who's to say that that's unhealthy? Right. All right. No one. That's right. You don't have the right. No. And if he's going to have kids at school making fun of him, well, how's he going to you know, prepare for that? You take your cheeseburgers to school and you eat them. Well, his teacher can tell him it is, but his parents can't. Okay, that that sounds that right, sounds about it. right. Uh, you know what? <laughs> it just reminded me of something. Talking about eating that many cheeseburgers. There's also this thing going on where you're talking about fat shaming, and so if someone is morbidly obese, to say, "Hey, that's just not healthy," right? Mm-hmm. But you can't do that anymore. No, I've never heard the word "fat" 
is it fathlete or fatleet? To, that would rhyme with athlete? Okay. A fathlete. I assume fathlete, yeah. Fathlete. Yes. Have you heard that? No. That <laughs> sounds like Mike Tyson trying to say fast athlete. <laughs> yeah, right, that's what I thought, too. Yeah, fathlete. Fathlete. <laughs> yeah, that's a word now. I, I can explain it. Oh okay, I wish you would. And, and what, if yeah. you want to be a fathlete. <laughs> well, now they got a category. Come on, man. Where, where were you 20 years ago, 40 years ago? Uh, we can get to that. Also, should companies have to offer paid menstrual leave for periods? That's also a story I'm not making up. <laughs> All coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Big day yesterday, Capitol Hill. I know uh, some excitement on the show about it. The Pentagon showed declassified UFO photos yeah. and a video clip at that historic Capitol Hill hearing about UFOs. Um, and, well, David, Scott, you both were excited. Did it pay off for you? I don't know how excited I was. I think I was just like, yeah, Congress always lets me down. And they're not going to let us know in a public hearing that the aliens are here. They've been here for quite some time. And it's only a matter of time until they've decided mm -hmm. that we are crops that need to be reaped. Were you, you seem to be excited. Uh, yeah, I was. But again, I mean, I like the videos. I mean, I'd seen most of them before, or at least I thought I had anyway. But it was rather interesting. It was to you. Yeah. Was it to you? Well, not really. It's the no. same sort of video. It's like a little triangle, and what? it moves by. It's crazy. It's wild. What, what was the most interesting part to you, Scott? That part, I like the videos. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I mean the, it, the, when the you video do watch photo, it, you're like, yeah. the glowing triangles. Yeah, they're like speeding. They were identified as unmanned aerial vehicles. No. Like, yeah. So are we talking drones here? Oh, no. wow, it's a drone. Not at that speed. Right. Listen, man, I, you know, it's the same thing. And then the headline is, you know, potentially there's life out there. We knew that before. But still some people were very excited well, about also it. Well, we fine. tend to look at life as a carbon form. I mean, life could be something completely different. What on another mean? planet. I mean, it couldn't. It might not be a carbon-based life form. It may be something else. You know, that it adapted to the planet it's on. Oh, that's all. So you're not talking in a spiritual sort of form. More of a scientific. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Right. You're just afraid they're going to come for you if you say anything or make fun. Right. They'll show up in the middle of the night, standing next to my bed. The gray, one of the grays. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then have a big stick more, in his hand. and They're start. more fuchsia, actually. Is that what it is, yeah, you think? Great. More fuchsia? So I just heard from both of you guys for years. You just wait, man. It's coming. We're going to get this information. Okay, I'm waiting. I know. Well, you gave up a few years ago. Yeah. I know. How about this? Should companies have to offer paid menstrual leave for periods? No. It, it's something that Spain's considering <laughs> right now, and then there are people in the United States saying, yes, we need it. 
Well, if there's a doctor's note, sure, I don't care. This would offer unlimited paid days off with a doctor's note. Okay. Unlimited. Yes. Right. Okay, that's so the crampy. Expensive. That's yeah. the thing, right? So and what's the limit on that? Every month you miss what? Right. Well, that's I a good know. question. You know, a few countries around the world have similar laws like Taiwan, Japan, Indonesia, South Korea, Zambia. But Spain would be the first country in Europe to do it. Interesting. You know, I've always had that, you know, uh, my daughter, who was actually in the studio for a little while yesterday, um, she's a swimmer. And that was like a conversation. Like, one day she's like, I just don't feel like it. Like, what happens when it's, you know, that time? What are you going to do? What what does Katie Ledecky do? She said, you know what? I'm not going to go out and swim today. (laughs) Is that too tough love or is that just realistic? I mean, I I don't know about the the time off. I'd consider that as a business owner as an investment in office harmony. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? David stereotypes all the time. Most women are honest. They would completely agree. You know it's true. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Uh, this was quite something. Uh, the failing New York Times had a piece yesterday, you know, talking about plunging enrollment. It's a seismic hit to public schools. Where have all the kids gone? Where do you think they went? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think everyone in America has the same reaction. Where do you think they went? Well, the funny thing is you, you hear a headline like that, but if you look at districts in Florida and districts in Texas, uh, in a lot of places, enrollments have gone up. Where the losses are are primarily in places like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. It's places that shut down schools for two years. You don't say. See, that was pretty easy to figure out. But the reporter here, that would be Sean Hubler, said no overriding explanation has emerged yet for the widespread drop-off. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's insanity. That can't be true. That was the first line in the paragraph. Well, that's dumb. And then followed up with, but experts oh, okay. point to two potential causes. Some parents became so fed up with remote instruction or mask mandates that they started homeschooling their children Mm -hmm. or sending them to private or parochial schools that largely remained open during the pandemic. And other families were thrown into such turmoil by pandemic-related job losses, homelessness, and school closures that their children simply dropped out. Yeah. I... Dude, we were talking about this in the summer of 2020. That yes. we're about to see if this and at this at that point, I remember thinking, okay, maybe they'll go through that fall semester, but surely everybody's going to be back <laughs> the following semester, right? Er, wrong. 
And, you know, you know, you hear the warnings from the agencies in different states who are tasked with following up with at-risk kids, right? They're monitoring what the kids are doing because they are either uh, somebody who's in an unstable home, maybe they're in the foster care system, whatever may may be. You had thousands of children falling off the radar altogether. A lot in California. I remember individual stories coming out. Yeah. It's crazy. All told, 50,000 students, New York City over the last two years, gone. A lot of them I actually just moved out of New York City, too. It's true. Um, altogether, America's public schools have lost at least 1.2 million. It's probably a lot more than that. Yeah. A whole lot of kids. The one thing they don't also recognize, there were kids that were going back to school, into public school, and parents found out, we're teaching them what? Exactly. You yeah. didn't mention that. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yep. Critical race theory? What is that? And then they learn what it is. Or the whole trans agenda? Oh, that's not in my school. Wait, it is? Okay, we're done. Think about what it's going to be like next year. Yeah. After so much has come out over just the last five, six months, information-wise. And again, even that top-line number is extremely misleading. You say 1.2 million have been lost from schools. No, it's you got to be. I know it's the New York Times, so they're always going to run cover for Democrats and Democratic Party policies. Sure. Point out where the losses have come, because overwhelmingly they're coming in in areas where leadership kept schools closed for a long time. Well, yes. The <laughs> parents are saying we need the kids back in school. I mean, you're talking about experts. Experts said you know, the kids got to be back in school. And what happened? You had people caving to the teachers' unions to keep them out. So we saw where people sided. And parents, if they had the means, they got them out of there. I mean, you have a lot of teachers that have also quit. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing I have noticed, too, over the last year or so, the talk of, and it was really hot talk for a while and went away, but vouchers are coming back into play. Where you've got kids that are trapped by the yeah. geography of where they live. Uh -huh. And they're saying, well, that's not fair for those kids. They should be able to have a, as great education as your kid, but you have the wherewithal to send them there. So we're going to start helping out. We're oh, going to yeah. do it in this way. That's positive. And I, and I really like what I'm seeing, and, and you're seeing this. Uh, I know we talked about it, what was it, last year, the massive overturn or turnover, I should say, of school boards in North Texas. It happened yes. again this year. Yes. Um, you're having these groups come out and really press – Republican lawmakers or candidates, where do you stand on school choice? And if you are endorsed by a teacher's union, that's not good enough anymore. No. People are not going to vote for you just because you talk about conservative values and blah, blah, blah. If you are not a champion for school choice, you're going to be pressed on it. James Lindsay has been doing great work on this by calling people out. Yeah. I mean, this, this guy got Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott of Texas, got him to very vocally start talking about school choice because there was a question of where his loyalties lay with that. It's good. It's a good thing. Got to look out for the kids. The left isn't. You know that. No. It's trying to indoctrinate. All right, let's get to uh, Chuck Todd. What is Chuck Todd doing now? Why is he 
making well, the show today, he had to have said something stupid. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of backlash to Biden setting up a disinformation governance board. We've been calling it the Ministry of Truth because, I mean, that was the obvious go-to, right, when you have the right. government mm-hmm. deciding what is true and what is not true. Um, it is very Orwellian, even if that's an overused phrase. Uh, by the way, apparently that's been axed, and Nina Jankowitz, the crazy theater kid who was supposed to be leading this, has officially tendered her re- resignation now. Uh, they're shutting it down. But NBC's Chuck Todd says that the backlash is all about protecting white supremacists. Oh, he said this, yeah. What? Yes. Look at the way the right tried to weaponize the idea that the, Depart- the DHS was going to essentially try and attempt to, to monitor hateful rhetoric. Right? right. They, they want to make it seem as if it's some sort of big brother, and it's like... This is always what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement by saying, hey, free speech. Don't touch speech. Oh, my gosh. You've got to be joking me with that. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. (laughs) He's a sleeping son of a bitch, I'll tell you. Dude, who is responsible for most of the misinformation out there that's been proven over the last five years? It's the left. No one's trying to protect anybody. You want the truth to be out there. You knew exactly what was going to go on when you hired this nut to run this disinformation department. Right. She was an activist. It proven so. And then you ask the Dorcas, Alejandro Mayorkas, head of Department of Homeland Security, hey, did you know about these videos? And no, I did not. Right. What? No vetting. None. There was no vetting. No. So that's Chuck. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the thing is, they don't even they, they don't even try anymore. I mean, he's not even trying. I mean, no. He's always been a mouthpiece for the left, but you know, you're on Meet the Press, man. You're in this, you know, this a seat uh, position as a journalist, and again, you don't even try to hide it anymore. You just say it. It's it's amazing to me that one that one stunned me because of it just really does how bold it is. Well, and I and I thought it was funny because over on CBS. They're talking Democrats who are getting worried about giving the government the power to decide what's true and what's not, what's hate speech and what's not. Right. Uh, and punish those who stray away from the government's orthodoxy. I mean, here's one of the reports from CBS News. There were disagreements among Democrats, exactly, on how to proceed amid concerns that those offices, once established, might end up targeting groups like Black Lives Matter or other more liberal organizations that are out there trying to raise their concerns. Yes. Are, mm-hmm. are Democrats now hiding behind white supremacy? <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, that, but that's a that's a good point to bring up is that, hey, if you give the government that kind of power, it can be wielded against you as well. Well, it always is because they run out of targets at some point and then they're coming for you. But I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. I mean, you had both sides saying this disinformation. Are you kidding? This is really problematic you just can't do something like that so i'm glad it's done but chuck todd i mean these people are showing exactly who they are they are and they 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 don't seem to have a problem with it now as you said they're just right out there yeah just saying it now yeah by the way did you see whether or not this whole deal with twitter talking about free speech and misinformation and people getting booted off social media. Elon Musk, of course, trying to take over Twitter. And then he's saying, wait a second. They weren't exactly honest with how many bots we got going on this thing. Like it was uncovered, half of Joe Biden's followers are fake. Right. 
That honestly wouldn't surprise too many people. In my opinion. Fake president, fake followers. What you have. (laughs) There was no one ever excited about Joe Biden's campaign. We talked about this. I know. I I mean, during the election, I can remember talking about this, saying there's no way. There's no internal excitement about this guy at all. Period. No. No one. I I don't know anyone who went, yes, Joe Biden. Seriously. I never read it to anybody. People that would not vote for Trump. Right. And that was it. Yes. But it's like excitement, enthusiasm. This is our guy. This is the moment. The moment has come for Joe. No one said that. (laughs) No one. Unless you were on CNN. Yes. So we'll see what ends up happening with the Twitter takeover with Elon Musk. But maybe you've heard the story about Project Veritas. who's done some undercover stuff again. And this is really something. Um David, you've seen a lot of these videos. This ranks up there with one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah, so they catfished a couple of people at Twitter, uh, got them to talk about Elon Musk, and one guy is in the video laughing about how uh, Elon Musk has Asperger's. Yes. Oh, my. Yeah, this is the lead client partner of Twitter, Alex Martinez. And so you get this person undercover, and this is what they're talking about, the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. It's going to be hard for him to be like, oh, because people should make their own decision. It's like, no, but people don't know how to make a rational decision if you don't put out all the correct things that are supposed to be out And if that means... You get all that? You got to put out the right message. They're not, they don't care about free speech. Okay, they're not about that at all. It's getting the right message out there. Hmm. That's why they need to basically edit things out they don't like. Yeah. Okay. There, there's a level of censorship to make it correct, quote unquote. Again, and what does correct mean? I guess like, it just kind of goes into the idea of like, well, what is correct? He has Asperger's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we get to the Asperger's part. Yeah. About Elon Musk. All right, roll that. Yeah, I know that. He just said, so he's special. That's problematic, you know. Special needs. You're literally special needs. So, I can't even take what you're saying. It's targeting of traits. Wait, 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 wait. You can read it. Let me see. And how to protect yourself. Groups like Project Veritas are active right now. So set this up, David. This is one of the best parts So now you got the undercover Project Veritas guy who is talking uh, about the concern that guys like him would actually get involved with uh, employees of Twitter to try to get undercover video. Which is exactly what is happening, yeah. but he doesn't get it. Is that? Uh, it's like some group that's trying to just out the employees. Like they're trying to go on dates with them like this and record them and then go sell it to the New York Times and say this is what the Twitter employees say. This is what's really happening. This is what they're telling us to not do. You're lucky that you met me organically because I would be questioning everything about you. <laughs> totally do. Oh my gosh, is that hilarious. Yeah. Yep, the truth is out there now. You won't see that news hardly anywhere, but the truth is out there. All right, much more to get to. Uh, Department of Homeland Security is bracing for mostly peaceful protests this summer. Get to that much more coming up.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so bracing for mostly peaceful protests this summer, the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, well, the U.S. government is bracing for a potential surge in political violence once the Supreme Court hands down the ruling that is expected to overturn Roe v. Wade. Axios reported this. The Department of Homeland Security put out a memo saying they're uh, investigating social media threats to burn down or storm the Supreme Court building, murder justices and their clerks, as well as attacks targeting churches. And abortion clinics. Okay. Uh, this is a May 13th memo by the intelligence arm of Department of Homeland Security, and it says that threats that followed the leak of the draft opinion are likely to persist and may increase leading up to and following the issuing of the court's official ruling. So the threats are there, and they say we're bracing for it, but it, sh- it should be peaceful. Yeah. It's fascinating, too, because they add the mere advocacy of political or social positions, political activism, use of strong rhetoric or generalized philosophic embrace of violent tactics does not constitute domestic violent extremism. Because it's constitutionally protected speech. You, You can actually say that, that the First Amendment guarantees the right of you to say that. And it's fine when it's our side that does it. Right, but mm-hmm. if parents show up and make a scene at a school board meeting, mm. the Biden administration is going to have the feds open up a domestic terrorism threat tag investigation into you. And this is Mayorkas's department. Yeah. Alejandro Mayorkas. If you don't mind, I want to play a clip. It's less than 20 seconds. It's from March of 21, okay. knowing that what we have right now at the border, thousands of people every day, it's going to get worse next week. Mm-hmm. This was March 2021. Mayorkas. The border is closed. We are expelling families. We are expelling single adults. Uh-huh. And get this. Uh, the American public will look back on this and say we secured our border and we upheld our values and our principles as a nation. How that guy's not fired in any other line of work. He, Fauci, I mean, you can name a ton of them. Would not have a freaking job. Gosh. Has any of these people been right about anything? I don't think so. No. Oh, I mentioned this earlier. Woke universities, the new social justice crusade is fighting fat phobia. Uh, University of Chicago, big on this. Um, The weight stigma, the discrimination or stereotyping based on a person's weight. Um, And there's a new term out there you should know, and that is fathlete. (laughs) That is Reagan Chastain. He's a self-described fathlete. Uh-huh. Um, he's hosted some lectures about fat phobia and capitalism, and he <laughs> is addressing how capitalism, weight stigma, and diet culture intersect to create marginalization, alienation, and harm to people. Yeah. And it's racist. Next summer moves across America. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, uh, it seems like kind of a crazy day. If you had to pick out the big story, David, what would you pick? Uh, well, the New York Times has just discovered that a lot of parents pulled their kids out of public school in areas that were, you know, shut down for a couple of years. That's a pretty big one. Uh, the update on the Buffalo shooter. I mean, there's obviously a lot of blame being thrown towards conservative media, even though conservative media has basically reported what Democrats themselves have said, uh, and then I've got a piece of audio coming up, and I almost don't don't even want to spoil it. Okay. 
It is astounding. Oh, my. This piece of audio may be the best we have all day. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right. That is straight ahead right here. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, Millennial David Van Camp, Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. David Van Camp, I can't wait to hear this audio. I don't even know what it is. I know, I don't either. And I was sold, though. David said it right. might be the best piece of audio we have all day. All right, so the House of Representatives is having a hearing on abortion and Roe v. Wade and all of it, right? Okay. So, of course, it's it's a circus with everybody trying to get their weird talking points in and whatnot. But this moment is actually incredible to me. I love okay. it. So there is an abortion activist from Texas named Amy Arambide who is testifying, and Republican Representative Mike Johnson wanted to know something because she's an advocate of abortion anytime on demand all the way up through the moment of crowning. Right. Wow. And she says, yeah, I trust people to make their own decisions. Right. Okay. So he just asked a practical question. He goes, well, obviously, if you kill a two year old, that's a that's murder. Right. That's wrong. We we all can agree on that, at least for now. Right. Anyway, here's the line of questioning. And her attempt at an answer is stunning. Okay. roll it. What is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old or nine months old or one week old? or an hour old than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero. What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Oh, buddy. Well, you hear of people that have that opinion, uh-huh. which I think is evil. But there are some people that have it. She just said it. Most people would say it in public. She just said it. I saw some polling data today that it's like 16% of the people who are in favor of abortion are in agreement with her. 16%. I've always heard that between 10 and 14, maybe. Everybody sits in that that area, though, that we talked about. The 10 to 14. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, so she represents that many people, I suppose. But that's certainly not most people. No, that's what I mean. I mean, most people are not, they don't sit in that camp. It's a very small minority when okay. you talk about are you pro-choice or not. That's the that's the interesting thing about goofing around with these numbers. Because if, if you say, well, 60% of the population are pro-choice, but they never break that down to talk about crowning. Oh, goodness. And talk no, about they'll birth, talk about you know, well, nearly like 70% that. don't want Roe exactly. overturned is usually the right. talking point that right. they, they go to. They sit somewhere in, in that middle area, yeah. But the overwhelming majority, I mean, by third trimester. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a no-go, yeah. Well, and the thing is that gets so confused in this debate, especially from the left, is that, you know, third trimester abortions, that's like way less than 1% 
of all abortions. Right. Correct. And so, and they try to say that, well, that's that's very, very rare and all of that. Then why do you want it codified for it to be legal under any circumstances on demand? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. obviously, if something is wrong, I mean, I, I again, I, I can't really wrap my head around somebody who is like at the moment of crowning and says, yeah, go ahead and kill the baby. I, I assume there would have to be something extremely wrong and threatening to the mother's life. But... Without that exception, if you're just saying, you know, oh, we we need the right to do it on demand for any purpose, you're actually advocating for something that you even say nobody wants. So what's the purpose of it? Listen, man, they go in circles with this argument. Right. That's why they never want to actually talk about it, like have the conversation. It always goes talking points and over, and then I don't want to have any more of the conversation. Well, Except this person. Yep. Right. Uh, person will make the right choice. Oh. Right. Well, and I, and I, Representative Johnson, I think, I, I, I like that he backtracked it to one hour old. Like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. If you were to kill a child that has only been out of the womb for one hour, you would definitely call that murder. Well, yes. What is the appreciable difference in the value of that life versus the value of that human being an hour beforehand what's the difference in that hour it's a point that many people have brought up many times it's when a woman that's pregnant is killed it's a double charge oh yeah because two people are dead oh yeah it happens all the time Mm -hmm. you don't hear much of an answer for that argument either i mean again a lot of those people don't want to have the conversation that is pretty astounding audio wow Okay, um, we do know this, that, well, Legacy Media, I guess not a surprise, um, ignored what came out yesterday with the whole Trump-Russia collusion being a hoax and how quickly <laughs> our officials knew it was a hoax. Yeah, so part of the Trump-Russia hoax that was perpetrated in part by people in the or associated with the Clinton campaign, uh, part of the... Uh, main talking point is that Donald Trump was doing business with Alpha Bank as a means to have this back channel, right, to uh, Russian oligarchs. And that was supposed to be the smoking gun, that Donald Trump had been compromised by the Russians. He was on the take. And, you know, and, and we saw what the country went through for a couple of years based on this conspiracy theory. Well, it comes out in testimony yesterday that the FBI knew that the connection between Trump, Alpha Bank, and Russia was false, and they knew about it within a day of receiving that information, the suggestion. Kept, but kept rolling. Mm-hmm. And they, yes, of course. Well, oh, I mean, this They're is, sneaky, <laughs> dirty rats. It's like, well, yes, of course, this is false, but maybe something else is true. Maybe there is a P-tape. Well, yes. So, yeah, people get they get through this, you know, for years, but there's no need to update the story now. Oh, no, not at all. That is so frustrating. Um, and then we have a former Fox reporter saying it's time to put Republicans in jail. Yeah, yeah. Carl there Cameron, he used to be a Fox News reporter. He quit a couple of years ago. He's uh, kind of a middle-aged, older guy who always looked like the sun was in his eyes. I remember saying that one you time. He thought I was mean. No, well, it did. It, it was like somebody get that guy a pair of sunglasses or something. Because he's always, it's, like, kind of squinting, like, man, I, I've got eye strain going yeah. on. Like, Joe? Yeah. 
Anyway, he, he was worse, yeah. he was on MSNBC yesterday and openly advocated for his former colleagues to be punished. Unreal. We got to watch out because the Republicans have become the purveyors of misinformation. And when our our two party system is broken like that, democracy is seriously in trouble. Right, the go. president acknowledged that. It's time to actually start doing things and maybe taking some names and putting people in jail. Taking names, putting people in jail. All because, again, Carl? Come the purveyors of misinformation. The Republicans have. Yes. Okay. Give me, like, three examples. Like, three. Can anyone give me three? It'll go back to uh, election fraud or something like that. Yep. Okay. I mean, we can talk about that for a long time. Okay, so Trump said they were going to unleash the Kraken, or the Kraken lady said she was going to unleash the Kraken or whatever, and that never panned out. We definitely know that there was fraud going on, but was it enough to overturn? Well, it depends. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, man, 2,000 mules, go look at it. Look at look at the video on there. Okay, so for the sake of this argument, let's say, okay, there's one, even though I don't agree with it. You got two others? Was there misinformation on COVID? Hunter Biden's laptop? No. No. So who put out the misinformation on the laptop? Oh, that was that was the intelligence community and the Democrats and the media. Right. Russian collusion, P-tape. Oh, Border Patrol whipping Haitian yep. migrants. That's who put one. that disinformation that was That was Democrats and the media. Oh, okay. Um... Kids were at risk of COVID, couldn't go back to school. That would be Democrats, media, and the medical establishment, yes. Hmm. Uh, do you want to keep going? Uh, CRT's well, not taught in school. Right. Who, who passed along that <laughs> yeah. disinformation? Democrats, media, yeah. Uh-huh. ...have become the purveyors of misinformation. Uh, you you don't need just glasses you, or sunglasses, real glasses, something. Yeah. You, you're, you're full of crap, dude. Right. My favorite one was the idea that Trump was stealing mailboxes before the <laughs> oh, election. Yes, that was crazy. That That's was so funny. Oh. I mean, you take a step back; it's not funny because they used that to help uh, to help essentially uh, win an election, but or steal an election, in my opinion, because of that disinformation. But it is kind of funny. They actually convinced a sizable portion of the population of the United States that Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes. Yes. In order to prevent vote uh, vote by mail uh, or the, the vote by mail process. It's insane. You know, David, thank you. <laughs> the president appreciates you bringing yeah. the truth, David. Do appreciate that. Um, here's a question that you were bringing up, David, because the president made his way to Buffalo yesterday um, to talk to victims' families of the tragic shooting from the white supremacist. But you're wondering, is he going to visit the victims of a hate crime in Dallas? Yeah, I mean, a guy in Dallas has now been arrested for shooting up an Asian-owned hair salon. Cops say this guy's name is Jeremy Smith, wounded three people in the shooting last week at Hair World Salon. And according to an affidavit... Uh, Smith's girlfriend told the cops he was having delusions about Asian Americans, got fired after verbally assaulting his boss, who is also of Asian descent. This guy hated Asians. Wow. And the story is that he got into a wreck at one point, and the other driver was Asian, and that set him off, and he hates Asians now. 
Uh, but this is a guy who is motivated by racial hatred, and they're also looking at him in connection with two other incidents also involving Asian victims. Unknown driver of a van shot at an Asian business in a different part of Dallas on May 10th. No one was hurt, thank God, in that part. On April 2nd, several businesses at an, uh, businesses at an Asian-run strip mall were shot at, but again, no one was hurt. So right now the hair salon shooting is part of the FBI's hate crime probe. But, you know, Joe Biden made this big deal out of, like, we need to confront hate wherever it is. Is he going to Dallas? It's a good question. Is he going to California where the church is? Right. Because that, that was a Chinese guy that didn't like people from Taiwan. Right. And that's why he shot him. So I I don't know. No one said that. Who said that? <laughs> Every day. Every day. Oh, goodness gracious. That's what they do, man. They do t- try to take a tragedy and then use it for political gain. I know that's like almost this overused statement. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely disgusting. And then trying to pin it on Tucker Carlson? Yeah. Goodness. Saw this real quick on a lighter note. Um, they asked this question to people. When you were 18 years old, did you feel like an adult? Like you had made it, you were an adult now when you were 18 years old? I was living on my own. I was paying my own rent. Well, I was living in an apartment. Yeah. I was paying part of the rent. Yeah. I mean, that job at Pondo, Ponderosa, while I was going to school, didn't pay all the bills, but it paid some. No. Yeah. Um, But I did not feel like an adult, I'll admit it. David? Um, I invited a lot of adult problems into my life, but no, I wouldn't say I felt like an adult. Yeah. Only 53% of Americans felt like an adult when they turned 18. It's higher than I thought, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, other people are, you know, trying to answer, well, when did you feel like an adult? Some said when they bought a house or when they got married or had their own bank account or having kids. You know, it just depends on the answer. What's the but, question? When they felt like running away? No, when you, oh, okay. <laughs> when you felt like you were an adult. Okay. All right, got it. Yeah, a wise man once told me, uh, people talk about the life change of marriage. That's like a trip to 7-Eleven compared to having kids. Oh, gosh. And th- that's really, really true. Okay, news update and <laughs> just a funny story you'll want to hear straight ahead. Joe, Jerry Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Yes, David. All right. Look, okay. <laughs> so there's this testimony going on on Capitol Hill about abortion. And there's this nut job from Texas who's an abortion activist. We already heard from her earlier where yes. she uh, really does see no, well, she sees really no value in human life. Correct. I guess until the baby is all the way out of a mother. Not sure if the if the umbilical cord is still st- stuck, you know, still fixed. I don't know if that's the magic thing, but 
she couldn't define what the difference is between a one-hour-old and a baby that was being born, right? Well, she was also asked about another uh, topic, kind of combining two things, about, well, what is a woman? Well, what is a man? Good question. And uh, the the person asking the question is Representative Dan Bishop out of North Carolina. Arambide. Arambide. Okay. Um, what do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. Disqualified. Okay. I mean, honestly, that's, that's the mental evaluation. I, I'm not even mad about it. I'm not no. upset. I, I'm just that. Okay. Then that it's just such a perfect example of how silly the people who are advancing a lot of these ideologies right. really are. Yeah. I mean, and you just have to stand up and say, no, as you said, disqualified, done, <laughs> get out. We have to live in reality. We're done with all of it. Mm -hmm. Done. Oh, I wanted to bring this up real quick. I don't know if you heard the story about Grubhub. They had a promo in New York yesterday. Everyone could get free lunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. What could go wrong? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was total chaos. Well, of course as soon it as was. it started, restaurants flooded with orders, couldn't keep up. There was one cafe in Brooklyn got 200 orders in five minutes. Whoa, they they gosh. can't fill them. So employees slammed, delivery drivers slammed. Most people who tried to get in on it either had to wait hours or their order got canceled. Everyone's ticked off. And Grubhub's customer service line was so busy you couldn't get through. Um, one guy got a message said, um, you have 3,600 people in front of you. Would you yeah. like to hold? <laughs> and you know whoever got hired to make this decision probably had that incredible college degree. Chick-fil-A would have filled every one of them. Every single one of them. <laughs> Who doesn't know that would be chaos? Yeah, right. This is the Barclay Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it very much. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp, and there's Scott Robbins. Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, you should know David Van Camp is very good at putting together montages. Sometimes it owns a group of people or an individual. Yeah. Because it's yeah. their words. Yes. And you've done it again, David, with Democrats admitting they use illegal immigration to get more power. Yeah. Well, the media is out there blaming Tucker Carlson and, in fact, basically all conservatives in this country for the white supremacist terrorist attack in Buffalo because he talked about, uh, because Tucker and others have talked about changing demographics in the country and how Democrats use illegal immigration to amass political power and money. Somehow that's the same as this white supremacist who hated black people and Jews. Square that circle for me, I can't. Uh, but no, pointing out that illegal immigration is something that politically benefits the left is not is not the same as what this guy in Buffalo believed, because it's actually a fact. Like in 2019 and 2020, 
the left freaked out because Donald Trump wanted to not count illegal immigrants in the census. Why? Well, here is a montage of the news coverage and what Democrats were <laughs> saying about it. President Trump's plan to exclude non-citizens from the U.S. Census. Which, if successful, could limit the political power of some Democratic-leaning states. States like New York and California could have their number of representatives in Congress reduced. They could lose seats in Congress. This heartless order will only deprive already underfunded communities across America of much-needed federal resources. For every person who doesn't respond to the census, we lose around $1,000. Counting you, <laughs> make sure that we are apportioning representation. New York has suffered so much in this pandemic, and we need our share of funding, and we need representatives to fight for us to get that funding. Well, there you go. There you go. That that's why you want to know why, you know, you got these secret flights going up to Long Island, right, from the border. You want to know why they're dropping people off into communities? It's not necessarily because of the added benefit of someday a pathway to citizenship being carved out for a lot of these folks who are here illegally. That's not it. In the near term, it's about the census. It's about being able to keep congressional districts. And the number of representatives your state gets in order to wield more power, even if citizens are choosing to leave your state in droves like California, like New York. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about everything that's happened this week with the tragedy and knowing that you had 10 people just go shopping at the supermarket like people do all the time. And who would have ever guessed they wouldn't come home? Hmm. And as it's been pointed out several times, within minutes, it was being politicized. And then to blame Tucker Carlson. And you got to jump through hoops to get to this replacement theory. You really do. Because all of a sudden, you had people on the left saying that it's not just about people coming up through the southern border. It also includes blacks, which has never been a part of that conversation. It was just people coming up illegally that the left thinks will vote. For Democrats. And so also to sort of make this narrative work for them, the left just sort of admit or omits that not only did this guy not, well, he hated blacks, he hated Jews to the point, and I mentioned this earlier because I had just read this because I didn't, I didn't read the manifesto, didn't want to read it, but did not know this was in it. By their Jewish ways, they turn us against each other. When you realize this, you will know that the Jews are the biggest problem the Western world has ever had. They must be called out and killed. Holy crap, man. Mm. A lot of that stuff just is going to get passed by from legacy media. Now, if you're really trying to tell people how deranged this white supremacist was, wouldn't you include things like that? Of course you would. Well, if it doesn't fit your narrative, you don't. No, you leave it out. Because it's not about news. It's not about no. informing people. It's disgusting. Well, and we were also talking about a guy who was interviewed in a psychiatric situation, and he was deemed, I guess, okay to go. Right. I mean, he'd gone through the cracks of, uh, lots of times, lots of different times. But, you know... I mean, and, and again, so to blame Tucker Carlson now? Really? I thought it was interesting... Tucker Carlson had Shelby Steele on last night, um, who is conservative, from the Hoover Institute. Um, 
By the way, and you know this rule, anybody that it might be a person of color, if they don't have left-wing ideology, they're not really a person of color, according to the left. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I thought this was an interesting take from Mr. Steele. My own little humble opinion is, is uh, I've written a good bit about it, is that one of the great forces of, one of the most powerful forces in American life today is, is white guilt. Yeah. And uh, guilt puts sort of, you know, you have to seem to be going against your own self-interest to, to gain that expiation, that redemption that white guilt basically seems to, to long for. Uh, and it seems to me that they're, they're caught in that and, uh, at, at this point. And it, it, uh, it's taking us nowhere. True. But the difference, and they sort of pointed this out, is that... You know, for some sort of redemption, a lot of people do have religion. They have their God. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Christian, so obviously it's Christ. For other people, it's a different God. But for the left, it's wokeism. If you just think that, well, you'll see it constantly. You won't be able to unsee it if you just think in those terms. It is like a religion to these people. And... The last thing or the last part of what Steele said was really good. Part of the problem that I think this, it's happened to the left is that they have no, they've become exhausted. Their yeah. ideas have, have gotten, we've, we've been driven by those ideas now since at least the 60s. They fail unrelentingly. I mean, they fail with a kind of absolute precision. Uh, and that, that, uh, that's where they're at. They're desperate so desperate they'll jump through hoops to blame a talk show host for that shooting the other day yeah and you think back and you brought this up david what happened with the congress baseball practice where you had the bernie bro shoot at republicans yeah that person an admitted huge fan of rachel maddow was there anyone saying that's rachel maddow's fault no, but not initially, but I've come around on that. Yeah, it's absolutely Rachel Maddow's fault. <laughs> and go. it's Bernie Sanders' fault. <laughs> See, I, don't, I mean, honestly, I, just, I don't believe that. The guy was deranged. Yeah. Okay? But the left doesn't play by that. It's okay. It's somebody's fault. We have to blame somebody. It's a part of the whole Well, they always want Well, they always want to blame someone and ban them. Not only blame them, but ban them. Whether it's guns, whether it's a commentator, whatever it is. They must be silenced. They must go away. Speaking of banning. Yes. What are we banning these days? Well, Twitter has banned a lot of people. Yes, they have. Over time. And, of course, Elon Musk is trying to take over Twitter. And there's, you know, a little hang up with how many bots are there? How many real users of Twitter are there? Does he want to pay $44 million if it's not near what it actually claims to be as far as the user base? We'll see. Well, one the, of the, bots, stories... the bots are nothing more than made up people. Correct. Right, that somebody sits at a computer and 400 bots go out or whatever. Yeah, and it's yeah. been reported that Biden's followers, about half are bots on Twitter. It's not real. Well, they're following a bot. <laughs> <laughs> but Project Veritas, who does the undercover videos, they did one with some Twitter execs. And on one of them, uh, the Twitter exec is mocking the fact that Elon Musk has Asperger's. 
Listen to this little part, and if you can't understand, I'll tell you what he says. Yes, yeah, I know that. Special, your special needs, your literally special needs. So okay, I don't know if you caught that. So <laughs> the guy's name is Alex Martinez, lead client partner at Twitter, talking about Elon Musk saying yes, he has Aspergers. Um, so he's special. I'm like, your special needs, your literally special needs. By the way, Elon Musk uh, tweeted out, Twitter exec trashing free speech and mocking people with Asperger's with a frown emoji. <laughs> because, of course, you're going to see that. Um, this is interesting. The other things that this dude that works for Twitter said, um, and this goes into the woke religion because I think these people are a part of it, saying the rest of us who have been here realize and believe in something that's good for the planet and not just to give people free speech. It's going to be hard for him, meaning Elon Musk, to be like, uh, because people should be able to make their own decisions. It's like people don't know how to make a rational decision if you don't put out correct things that are supposed to be out in the public. So the question's like, okay, what are the correct things? What, what mm-hmm. do we mean? As an advertiser, as my business and what I do every day, and why I go out is, like, we want Twitter to be as fair um, and transparent and accurate as possible. And if that means there's a level of censorship to make it correct, quote, unquote. Again, what does correct mean? I guess it kind of goes into the idea of what is correct. And saying we have to decide for people because we're on a bigger mission to make the planet a better place. And we'll decide how to get that done. Mm-hmm. Because the people on the right are the enemy. Yeah, they're they're apostles in the church of woke. Yes. Wow. (laughs) It's it's stunning. And the other part that he actually talks about Project Veritas, the dude from Twitter, saying, yeah, like if if we didn't meet organically, I'd be wondering (laughs) what you were all about right now. He had no idea he was being recorded. Man, oh, man. That to go along with the other news today that you've got the pro-abortion extremists that are threatening to burn down and storm the Supreme Court okay. and murder justices, everything else. Okay, well, they're actually saying it, for crying out loud. Um, and then you have this out there. By the way, if you question BLM and how they spent their money, just know this, you are racist! But, okay, so maybe BLM... Uh, and Patrice Cullors paid uh, her baby daddy nearly five times more than Trayvon Martin's foundation. Yeah, how about that? Maybe, huh? maybe that's you know. true. Hey. Okay. Uh, did you hear about the other parts of these expenses, where they're going to? How BLM is spending I the have, money? actually, yeah. This is unbelievable. Baby Daddy Inc. <laughs> we'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Got it. Got it. 
Yes, it was clear back then, a few years ago. Uh, BLM in the news again. Um, Patrice Cullors, you know she's the former executive director and co-founder. Looks like we got some money going out to different people in your family, acquaintances. She said that didn't happen. But it did. But it did. Well, yeah. Well, so the foundation paid a company owned by Damon Turner almost a million dollars. It was like 970000 for live production, design, and media. And Damon is the the baby daddy, correct? Of Patrice Cullors. Yes. Son. Yes. Son, yes. Okay. Yes. What are you saying, that he's not worth the money? Um, I have no idea what that job even entails. Now, Turner's for-profit company. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you want to go on the website, you can get a $145 sweatshirt. For what? What's it say? Well, I don't know, but it's for the movement. Yeah. It says it right here. Okay. Yeah, it, it can have whatever letters it wants stenciled on it, but mm-hmm. we all look at it and, and know what it really says, which is sucker. <laughs> yes, it it's, does. It's from the new Fall Grifter collection. Right. Yeah. Well, I, back a few years ago, his company took in... $63,500 from Reform L.A. Jails. That was a state political action committee controlled by, do you know who? George Soros. Patrice Collins. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had that too. Uh, BLM also paid two hundred grand, well, to the Trayvon Martin Foundation. So wait a second. Paying almost a million to Damon Turner, mm-hmm. baby daddy, for what? Live production design and media and only... Two hundred grand to provide emotional and financial support to families who have lost a child to gun violence. Hmm, that doesn't seem to be right, does it? Well, they got to think about you know the work that gets put into it. Mm-hmm. Well, their biggest payout was two point one million dollars to Bowers Consulting Firm, which is owned by current Black Lives Matter board member Shalamiah Bowers. Now, some charity experts would say there's a possible conflict of interest here. Maybe. Heck, you say. You know what I say to those people? What's that? Racist! That's what I'd say. Uh, The money that went to Shalmiah Bowers uh, was used, among other things, for administrative support. That's hugely important. Mm -hmm. You know that. Well, yeah. General consulting, strategy, Got to have a strategy right. if you're going to be successful. Well, without consulting, you have no strategy. Without strategy, you have no consulting. And then it was also for design. Yeah, well, yes. And staff management under the direction of the executive director. That's according to the tax filing. Okay. Is that it? Is that enough? Oh, they also doled out eight hundred and forty grand to Colors Protection, LLC. That's a company owned by Patrice Colors' eldest brother, Paul. He does security. The security. Yes. Yeah. That, what are you saying? There's death threats. They got to have security. Isn't that always what, like, like every band had some guy who was like a cousin, kind of a screw-up, and they just brought him on, make a little bit of cash on the side, and he was like security or a roadie or something? Yes. Yeah, he's the guy you interview behind the music. Right. right. He's not actually doing anything, but no. it's like, yeah, I, his mom asked me nicely, uh, you know, uh, dad told me you got to take care of him, so yeah, we'll let him hold the guitar or whatever. But he, that guy had a great time. It was a party. Yeah, he did. Yeah, every night. Unbelievable. All right, David, real quick, you had a story that someone is saying, hey, we can't have, you know, biological males compete in our sport. Yeah, they're a professional skateboarder, Taylor May Silverman. 
uh, has lost in a couple of competitions to a biological man. And she's finally speaking out about it, saying, I'm done. You're stealing money from me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. So is there backlash? Or people say, oh, no, she's course. right. Yeah, I mean, I, she posted something on Instagram. So, yeah, you know what's going to happen. People need to back her up. My goodness. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, a lot popping today. Biggest two stories you would say so far, David? Because uh, it's evolving. Biden goes on. Biden's disinformation board is gone. Uh, Nina Jankowitz, the weird little theater kid, has resigned officially. That's uh, good news. That's mm -hmm. very good news. Okay, that's been defeated. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll turn into a Kmart or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, and the FBI debunked a key part of the Trump-Russia conspiracy theory in less than a day and yet let the Trump-Russia stuff keep going on. Why would they do that? They're, oh. they're not supposed to be a political outfit. Oh, really? I present to you the entire history of the FBI. <laughs> Unreal, man. All right, Scott Robbins, you got your top three stories of the day? Yes, sir. All right. All ready for that and a news update straight ahead right here. Show. Jerry Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, a lot going on today. And there seems to be so many fires going on that you have to pay attention to. Meanwhile, yeah, gas prices, that's still going up. Oh, yeah. LA. Inflation, over... biggest concern of the American people. LA. Sure. Yeah. LA is over $6 a gallon now, on average. I mean, I've been hearing from people all morning long that said they went to bed last night and woke up this morning. It was 15 cents higher. That was in a couple of different spots. Other places higher. Yes. Yeah. So that's, you know, obviously on a lot of people's minds. Um, the disinformation campaign from the left is already defeated. That's good news. That's yeah, bad. that's the best news I've heard all day. Yeah, yes. Biden's disinformation governance board, the Ministry of Truth, apparently has been given the axe. Nina Jankowitz, the uh, weirdo who is supposed to be heading this up, who herself has shared a lot of disinformation online in the last few years, has tendered her resignation now. But she had that, and you brought this up several times, it was an erotic song about Harry Potter? Yeah, where, where I guess she is a ghost uh, who fantasizes about Harry Potter dying so that the ghost can have sex with his ghost. Hmm. Went looking for some prefects in the bathroom one day. But instead I found Harry, and so I said, hey. I helped him solve the mystery of the egg. And I'd like to solve the mystery between his eggs. I hope that Harry... Listen, we shouldn't have played that. I apologize. We don't need Robbins getting turned on before <laughs> yeah, the transfection. Yeah. <laughs> that does it for you, doesn't you it, You know, buddy? anything <laughs> I find vile and unattractive is all wrapped up in one person. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, she's the personification of the phrase crazy eyes. <laughs> yes. Or pants or whatever. Yeah. 
Okay, it's one thing to come up with the lyrics and take that amount of time to write them down. Yeah. You got the Casio going too at the same time. But then to perform it, oh, record yeah. it, and share it, thinking, you know what, people want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, there's an audience for that. I, I She's like, the girl that got the lead in Hello Dolly in high school, and now goes home and chugs Chardonnay. <laughs> I gotta say, man, I don't know exactly who you're talking about when you say that, but I, I feel bad for those people because I'd put them way ahead of that kook. No, I'm, I well, I'm, yeah, generalizing here. Yes, yes. Well, she's, I mean, she's a loon, man, in a number of different ways, and wasn't vetted for the job. And now the Washington Post is whining, saying the right wingers got their way, and now the disinformation board is gone. Did you see that piece? Yeah. In the Washington Post? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Taylor Lorenz, the lady who docks, pr- doxes private citizens but thinks that a public servant doesn't deserve to be criticized for being a crazy person. Yeah. Man, oh. She's whining about how, well, the, the right wing won on this one. Actually, it was a really bad idea, and even left-wingers were like, yeah, I don't, I'm not on board with that. Right. Thank you. So good. There's one thing we at least don't have to worry about for now. You ready for your big three rounds? Yeah, let's roll. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The legendary Scott Robbins picked out his top three stories today. The trifecta helped by his top 40 and hero in life. I'm Casey Kasem. Counting him down. I'm ready. Yes. Three. Uh, number three, Chris Wallace, the angry duckling, <laughs> formerly of Fox News, went to CNN Plus while well, that sank. Uh, but apparently he's going to be getting a show on the weekend on CNN. Yeah, he's going to. Today's the big day. They roll out the big announcement officially in front of all their advertisers, both of them. That Chris Wallace will now be hosting a Sunday evening show on CNN. Damn. Oh, it's now, not even in the morning. N- no. Uh, you know, he moved to to CNN to launch his show. On, uh, he had the now defunct streaming service, of course. That didn't work out for him, as David said. So he is now going to be doing this show on Sunday evening on CNN. Wow. The show will be entitled, How to Keep Falling Up with Chris Wallace. <laughs> Dude, this guy, oh my. I, you had he had a coveted role Yes, on Fox News doing the yes. Sunday morning show. Yes. Fox News Sunday. I mean, you get a lot of eyeballs on that, and that's like, that's a big deal for that network. And you left for CNN Plus, and now you're doing a Sunday night talk show? Yes. Sunday night's Ow. wasteland. Well, traditionally for TV, it can be pretty good, but those are the ironclad. Some of the some of the big shows are slotted in there. Yeah, not for news though. Not, not for, for news though. No, not you're right. News. Sixty minutes end of list. You know that's really it. I mean, you'd be better off right now with Dan Rather's gig, like interviewing old musicians. Well, get put on you know like a cable network that not every cable package picks up like access tv or something i got sent to me one of the funniest things i'd seen all week was chris wallace 
on the set of the Home Shopping Network. <laughs> Chris is, and had like pots and pants in front of him. <laughs> it's the Scott Robbins trifecta top three stories of the day. And now we're up to two. Yes. Uh, number two, Netflix fired a bunch of people. Yeah, they told the staff, hey, listen, if you're too easily offended by some of the stuff we're doing and you can't tolerate the material, get out. Okay. Seems that not enough people took him up on their offer to pack their bags. However, the company announced that they were going to lay him off anyway, about 150 people. See ya. Well, they're in trouble financially. Uh, primarily here in the U.S., they didn't mention the wokeness issue in the announcement. The layoffs, they say, are being driven by the bottom line, and Netflix is not bringing in the cash. The job cuts were outlined in an internal memo that was uh, obtained by The Hollywood Reporter, which first uh, mentioned this. This is, we explained on our earnings, our slowing revenue growth means we have to slow down our costs. So sadly, we're booting 150 people today. You know, we go through so much information. I apologize for my memory, but I do remember this story, and I forget what analysts said at the time. This was like six months ago, talking about Netflix. This bubble is going to burst because you had so many investors in yeah. so many different shows. They were paying you know, gazillions of dollars for all these shows, and they were just not going to get the payoff. Well, and they I were. I thought the Obamas were going to bring in all kinds of revenue to Netflix. Well, that was a bad decision on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was basically because they had taken on so much debt in order to finance a lot of the original programming, and then it's like, okay, but how do you make money on this? Right. How, how do you make your money back doing this? And investors got taken for a ride on yeah. that. Obama's had a show. Meghan Markle had a show. Ratings grabbers, all of them, apparently. I mean, it, it would kind of be like ABC saying, all right, we're going to green light a bunch of sitcoms, but not have, have advertisements in them. Right. And think just right. everyone will flock to us and we'll beat right. everybody else, even though there was more competition with Disney Plus. Right. And you, know, you already had Hulu and their original stuff and just goes on and on. All right, Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, and here we are. And finally, mm-hmm. one. Uh, number one, <laughs> monkeypox is now hitting Europe. What? You heard me. Uh, monkeypox has been detected in Portugal and Spain in what could be the first global outbreak of this very rare disease. Spain now is monitoring eight men who they believe are infected with monkeypox. All of the men are gay and bisexual. It was detected at the STI clinics in Madrid. Five guys in Portugal have also tested positive, and at least 15 more cases are being investigated, suspected of testing positive for the monkeypox. The cases are all male, mostly young. It's not clear yet how they caught the virus. Okay, I don't understand. What do you mean? That this is just now breaking loose? Yes. Is this going to be the next thing we have to be scared about? Not until fall. No, probably not. When we okay. have to mail in our ballots. I think you're asking. Maybe they'll just maybe they'll just have you call now. Just have a a phone number you can call invoked. <laughs> Talking about changing it up again yeah, for the fall. If you don't have if you don't have a phone, somebody will bring you a cell phone out. Well, on that related story, not anything to do with monkeypox, <laughs> but as far as COVID. Mm-hmm. You're hearing this more and more that, oh, people are predicting this fall and into winter, it's going to be even worse than we've seen in the past. Okay, let me just ask you this from your years of news, David. Yeah. How do they know this this far out? Uh, probably because they're looking at the 
drop-off in effectiveness of the vaccine in real-world settings. I mean, there was the report about, uh, I don't remember if this was for children, where the immunity <clears throat> with the Pfizer vaccine wears off in like three weeks. Yes. I mean, that... That's Underreported a story. That's a that's a problem if you're trying to rely on these vaccines to stop widespread outbreaks. And so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of cases probably. But they're looking at also. Well, we got to figure out other ways to stop the spread, and maybe these yeah, lockdowns pe- didn't work so much before. Maybe we got to be you oh, know a little God, tougher. No. Pe- people, people are going to go for no, it. They're not going to tolerate. They are not going to go for it. No. We saw what happened it, in Philadelphia. That was just a mask mandate. Yes. That wasn't closing down anything. That was just saying, hey, we're going to do an indoor mask mandate. It was grand open and grand closing on that one because the people wouldn't do it. No. No, you get the feeling, man. People are done. And well, there you have it. Yes. Well, thank you for the trifecta. Well, dollars. you're quite welcome, sir. Yes. Always. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Still have uh, Nimrods in the news, of course, to get to in a few. And another news update. Oh, my goodness. You know what else? If you're going to pay tribute to a loved one that's passed and doing an interview, know that the other person may have some other angle. I'll get to that. You'll know what I mean coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the end of Title 42 is coming up next week. So people have predicted, oh, my gosh, we're going to see even more people pour through the southern border. Well, yeah, yes. there's there's thousands of people waiting in Mexico right now. Yes. Well, hey, but I know there are a lot of people that have some fear what could happen here, okay? But just rest easy because the Dorcas is on it. All right? Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, has spoken to this. And just to reassure people. Of the personnel of the Department of Homeland Security to bear. It is very important to note that while, of course, we are preparing for the end of Title 42, based on the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's decision, that it will end on May 23rd. Because the CDC has been spot on yeah. time and time again with their assessments. Um, that does not mean that the border is open beginning on May 23rd. We continue to enforce the laws of this country. We continue, <laughs> continue. to remove individuals. <laughs> that, my friend, I know some would say is an overused mm-hmm. word. That is gaslighting, sir. Oh, sure. Where? Like... When did they start enforcing the law? They have been, and they they continue to. They actually just announced a rule change that would make it easier for people to come in. Basically, you walk in, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm claiming asylum. And they're like, okay, bye. Yeah. But let him finish. We continue to enforce the laws of this country. We continue to remove individuals who do not qualify for relief under the laws of this country. 
Yeah, he's great at upholding the law. Yeah, he's great at it. Remember that clip? It played it earlier in the show from March of 21, where he said, I think we're going to look back and see what a great job we did securing (laughs) the border. He said it. I know. I know. I heard it. What do you have to do to get fired? Anyway. Oh, I mentioned, hey, if you're going to be talking about a friend who's died, be careful. I don't know (laughs) if you heard about this story. It was pretty well publicized. It was a month or so ago. The drummer for Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins, died. Yeah. OD'd. Yes. Okay. Rolling Stone has a feature that's coming out this week. So they're talking to different friends, including Matt Cameron. He's the Pearl Jam drummer, drum with Soundgarden. Pearl Jam said in the interview that Taylor had a heart-to-heart with Dave Grohl, leader of the Foo Fighters, and told me he couldn't bleeping do it anymore. Those were his words. So I guess they did come to some understanding, but it just seems like the touring schedule got even crazier after that, saying at 50 years old, he couldn't just physically do it anymore. And apparently several of Taylor Hawkins' friends said the same thing. But a rep for the Foo Fighters denied that any sort of heart-to-heart or any type of meeting ever took place. So now Matt Cameron is saying, hey, when I agreed to take part in the Rolling Stone article about Taylor, I assumed it would be a celebration of his life and work. My quotes were taken out of context and shaped into a narrative I had never intended. He was a dear friend, a next-level artist. I miss him. I only have the deepest love and respect for Taylor Day, the Foo Fighters. I'm truly sorry to have taken part of this interview. I think his his take is, man, I just was answering questions and talking. I right. didn't want it to paint this picture. Didn't he say something about a plane, too, they were on in Chicago or something? He had to have an IV, Taylor did? Not in the story I read, but oh, I don't okay. doubt yeah, that. Yeah, I think I read part of that, too, yeah. Just... But again, he was just telling a story, you know, like the guy had had enough. He just. Right. But instead of a tribute, it's like, okay, who's to blame? Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. All right. We got to get to Nimrods. Roll it out. Let's do this. When the going gets tough. Damn it. This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, man. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news, man. This is something. Uh, how is it possible to swallow a COVID test swab? Well, it happened to a 31-year-old mom in the U.K. Name's Bobby. Um, had to have emergency surgery after she swallowed one of those six-inch long Q-tip things. <laughs> Went halfway down her throat. In the end, was still poking up into the roof of her mouth, but she couldn't pull it out. Oh. And then swallowed it. Immediately drove herself to the ER. By the time she saw a doctor, the swab was in her stomach and getting close to her intestines. And if it would have went any further, it would have punctured them. They'd never seen a case like that. Eventually decided to put a tiny camera down her throat, pulled the swab out. Good news is she tested negative. You know, terrible reporting. We don't know. And that's Nimrod's.